The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host or guest and should not be interpreted as statement of fact. Independent fact-checking and corrections are encouraged. Can we get a cup of coffee in here, please? folks for an unplanned show on memorial day uh good morning it's monday may 30th 2022 hope you're having a wonderful day where you are this was an unplanned show and um first i gotta start by saying uh it's my son's 36th birthday now my son is gone almost six years now but he's always on our minds and wanted birthday always a very very difficult time for me and my family it's kind of uh happy but sad and um you know very um conflicting times you know thinking about everything in his life so it's a sad day for me pretty much but it's also got some tinges of happiness some great memories associated with the day um Today is a special day, and it's not going to be all that funny. So if you're watching us on Govs, I'm sorry, but this is not going to be a comedy show today. Um, wish it were. Wish it were. We're going to talk about living with disability today, and we're going to talk about suicide and um, preventing suicide if we can, uh, dealing with that kind of stuff. Um my guest today is going to be a, a guy uh, named Dean O'Hara, who I met at a uh, Billy Wayne Davis show um, a couple of weeks ago and um, had the pleasure of uh, getting to know him. Then I know him from, I knew him from online from Twitter um, before that. Uh, he's a fan of uh, Andy Anderson, Issues with Andy. And if you're not, you should check that out. Andy Anderson is uh, uh, one of the funniest guys in the world. It's definitely a uh, comedian you should know if you're into comedy. Uh, and his podcast is called Issues with Andy. It happens every Friday. Check that out. Uh, but Dean is a, a big fan of Andy, and so am I. And so that's how we know each other. Anyway, we met at a Billy Wayne Davis show in Brooklyn, and um, good guy, uh, and somebody um, who's got some things going on, and we all have some things going on, and uh, it's important to, to kind of realize that we all have some things going on. Anyway, Dean has um, had some struggles, I'll put it that way, and I'll let him tell you his story, um, but deals with suicidal uh, ideation. And I think we, many, many people have had that experience, but few people have ever, ever gone to the lengths of actually trying it and, and not just trying it, but um, having somebody intervene in order to uh, prevent it from um, being fulfilled. 
Dean is one of those people. And um, if you are too, maybe you can add something to this conversation. We'd love to hear from people. It's going to be with us early. This should be an early show, probably ending by, I don't know, shortly after 10. It's not going to be the full show till 11 or 11.30 as usual. Um, But I did want to, first of all, um, give him something to look, look forward to beyond Saturday night. And we'll get into that when he gets here. Uh, and so this show is not going to be a whole lot of laughs. It wasn't a scheduled show. I was planning on having the day off today. I know a lot of people are having the day off today. It's not, uh, I'm going to get up early on Memorial Day weekend on my day off to listen to some goofy old man, um, streaming a live radio show. Um, I know that wasn't in a lot of people's plans. So if you're with me today, I very much appreciate you being with me today. If you have a something to add to the conversation, I think that would definitely help. Um, let's see what's going on in the world today. Well, Joe Rogan, Blow Jogan, uh, is, uh, got himself uh, some more controversy. What else is new? Uh, and it's all about um, the shootings and gun control d- debate that's going on in America. Um Joe says we have a mental mental health problem, not a gun problem. Um, but I do believe mental health issues are not confined to the United States of America. And I think we'll find out some of that today. I think we'll have um, a, hopefully, a young man from Canada who can talk about that today. And maybe some guys... Uh, from the UK and maybe some people from your other parts of Europe talk about mental health is not limited to America. Well, what is easy access to automatic rifles and, and automatic weapons, maybe part of it. And I'm not a gun grab guy, but we have to understand that the second amendment in America was written for state militias in order to maintain a well-regulated militia. It's one of the few laws that has the intent right up front. Here's the intention of this law. In order to maintain a well-regulated militia. That's the more important part of it. It's not about individuals owning nuclear weapons. And a lot of people are on the side that, well, we we need guns because if we don't have guns, and we need, you know, big guns and tanks because we don't have that the government's going to take over and we're going to have authoritarianism well uh that's paranoia folks and it's delusional to think if you can you to think to think that no matter how many weapons you have you're going to be able to fight the united states government uh in america that's ridiculous how did that work out for koresh he had plenty of guns. You want to review the tape and see what that looks like? You're not going up against the United States of America. You're not. If you're a citizen here, I don't care if you ha- your house is filled with guns to the point where you can't you can't fit any people in there. It's all guns. You're not going up against the government at any point. So that's a ridiculous argument. Now you're hearing the idiots uh, on the right who are just, you know, 
paranoid might be part of it, but I, I think a lot of it has to do with the deep pockets of the NRA buying politicians and they don't want to lose that support and they don't want to lose the support of Billy Bob Gitter Dunn who loves his guns. Now I have friends in who are not Billy Bob Gitter Dunn who are gun enthusiasts and have guns and are responsible gun owners. But I think part of the Ted Cruz problem and people like him is they're afraid that America if he if he proposes any new gun laws he'll lose his power he'll lose his seat in the Senate and they hold on to power more more than anything in the world they care about holding on to their Senate seat and they said so said as much more than they care about children, the lives of children. But it's not just about children, folks. This is where we get hung up on the most recent shooting, and that's not the most recent shooting. There was one in the streets of Chattanooga, Tennessee, this Saturday night, adults running for their lives. So the proposal with the one-door thing, uh, one door is not, you know, we can do that on schools. We can have one door on schools, and the minute there's a fire and a hundred kids die or a thousand kids die, whatever the number might be. We'll revisit that one pretty quickly. Um, one door is not going to work. And again, this is not limited to schools. Mass shootings have happened recently. Grocery stores, crowded streets, concerts, nightclubs, uh, office buildings. Places of work, people where where people work. Mass shoot mass shootings happen everywhere in America. We're gonna have every place in America with one door. Uh and that goes for the people who are saying we gotta arm we gotta arm janitors and, and librarians and we're gonna walk around with a militia state every we need people armed guards everywhere. you know, you if this is all about freedom, that's not about freedom. Now you're you're walking this is what happened in nine nine eleven. The panic on 9-11 caused us to give up freedoms in the name of freedom. It's so fucking bizarre. And we need to change everything about the way we live in order to protect my gun rights, man. I love my guns. No, we can, we can find some common sense solutions here. Listen, nobody needs an automatic weapon. Nobody needs an automatic weapon. And the, the, the argument that you're going to use it against the government is a failed argument. I don't care if you have an armory full of, uh, of automatic weapons. You're going to end up like Waco if you go up against the government. All this stuff is just insane. we got to be able to find some common sense solutions which deal with a number of problems. Automatic weapons being easy to get. Um, mental health issues we've abandoned going back to 70s and 80s we've abandoned mentally uh, ill people in, in a big way in this country um, and part of, and part of it uh, I hate to kind of put this on on the parents but part of it comes back to the same issue that I've been talking about for weeks and weeks on on this program, which has to do with 
if you're going to be a parent, you got to really want the job. We ha- And I, I was guilty of this. I'm guilty of this, and today is a stark reminder of it, of not being ready to be a parent, uh, being too immature, not understanding that it's a 24-7, 365 job for not just 18 years or 21 years, but for life. And we got to take it more seriously. So, you know, in, in the case of um, the shooting last week, 18-year-old who's getting automatic rifles on, automatic weapons on his 18th birthday, the day he turns 18. His parents had had to have had, if they were parents who cared and were doing their job, had some inkling that their son wasn't right and shouldn't be getting guns. Or know what he's doing. At least understand what he's doing with his time and that he's buying guns. So part of it is that. There's a whole multifaceted approach to this. But the idea that they get so paranoid. Oh, you're going to take away my hunting rifle. You're going to take away my my pistols. You're going to take away all my guns. No. That's not the, the proposal. At least that, not at this point. It's we need to do something other than thoughts and prayers. And allow people to die needlessly. Oh, we can't. We just have to live with it. Just have to live with it over and over again. Till when? Till they kill us all or till they kill your fucking family? People like Joe Rogan need to feel this. Well, that sounds awful. People like Tim Pool need to feel this personally. They need to feel it. It has to happen to somebody close to them for them to realize it's not worth it to fill your little gun fetish to allow this to keep going on. And the the idea that it's mental health issues in the United States of America where oh, we're the only ones with crazy fucking people. No. We have a mental health issue. But it's not the cause of, of the problem. They have mental health issues all over the world. And people don't have easy access to automatic weapons. And this doesn't happen. I said that we'd stop talking about this till, uh, by Tuesday of this week. Dead wrong. Dead wrong. But I didn't expect um, Rogan and Tim Pool and people like that to weigh in with the stupidest takes possible. I understood that. Marjorie Taylor Greens and Ted Cruz's and those people would definitely weigh in with the stupid takes. But I thought through this weekend it would be over. Anyway, it's not. And I'm not going to make this entire show about that. But uh, Rogan is, is trending in the news, and that's why. Um, so it is what it is. Uh, we're, we're dealing... Uh, with this and this conversation will go on in America and it will get uglier and uglier and uglier. Uh, Jamie's coming in with some humor here. Biden will fix it. Biden doesn't even seem to want to even be president anymore. I think he's concerned with taking naps anyway. Ah, sugar cat. 
always brings the, the gold. We had active shooter drills at my office more than fire drills. It's messed up. And that's my point. It's not just schools. And they want to look at the, A lot of people are addressing this as it's a school issue. Schools happen, and schools are the most tragic one, especially when it's elementary schools. Um, the younger kids, the worse it feels. But it's not just schools. It's everywhere. It could be right here. Except I'm the only one here. <laughs> I don't want to keep talking about this. Let's move on. Uh, yesterday, uh, I went to play the Flat Earther Bible Thumpers baby's baptism uh, birthday party. Birthday baptism party. All in one. His birthday this weekend. I'm not sure exactly which day. Not today. Uh, but a baptism. Very Italian family. <laughs> and so uh, I went in. I started playing the Godfather theme <laughs> right away. Um, and then her uncle Ralph wanted to be uh, this. Well, she kind of egged him on to sing along with me. And then he was become, becoming the band leader and telling me, calling out songs, calling out changes, telling me where to go. It, it felt like I was. Um, not taking direction from a new band leader, but he was a fun guy, and it was kind of kind of a fun thing to take my mind off of um, just a shitty couple of Friday and Saturday. You know, I look forward to this time of year as a musician, uh, big time, because I love playing outdoors. I love summer weather, and for me, there's nothing better than playing music on the beach uh, in. 80 degree weather or something and it and getting paid for it. That's a dream, man. That's a dream come true for somebody like me. Friday afternoon, I have the gig supposed to start at six o'clock, but because it's two hours away from where I am, I need some kind of notice of if it's going to get rained out. So we kept checking all day. Got a call around three o'clock. No, the, the uh, show's a go. We're going to, we're going to do it. It, it. Rain's going to hold out. Come on out. So I left. I drove two hours, and as I'm pulling into the parking lot, I got the call. Oh, we can't do it. Can't do it. It's too windy. There's a huge storm blowing in. Sorry, but we can't do it. I just drove two hours. Ugh. Now I'm not going to get to play music. I drove two hours, and I'm not going to get to play music on the beach tonight. Mm, not happy. Got to drive two hours back. So not happy about that. Then Saturday comes. I got an outdoor gig again. Uh, at the Long Island Yacht Club. Ooh. And that's an outdoor gig. And we get there, and I notice as soon as I get there, there's a powwow going on between the band guys and the, the manager of the place, and uh, not looking good. And they were pointing at me like, I'm going to make the decision. Like, I don't want any fucking part of this, man. I, I used to run the band. I used to be in charge of it. I used to be the guy making the decision. I opt out. <laughs> I just... You tell me where to set up and what to do. Uh, the question is, well, there's a storm coming in. Do you want to set up inside and then once the storm passes, set up again outside? Like, no, I don't want to move a whole band set up. I'd rather just get wet. Uh, the, the drummer doesn't want his drums getting wet. I can't get my equipment wet. And, uh, I don't want to be part of this decision. 
<laughs> I don't want to be part of this. Well, I think you should set up inside. I think if we set, set up inside, we should stay inside. I thought you didn't want any part of this. You're right. I don't want any part of this. I call Mikey because it's Mikey's decision to make. And he's like, oh, what do you got? We'll work it out. Well, well, I think we should do what they say, move inside, move outside. I'm like, you know what? That's fucking work, man. I'm here to play music. I'm not here to move equipment around. And it's a huge place between inside and outside. It's not like, it's like good 600 feet away. Anyway, that's what we did. We start, we ended up, we just got set up indoors when the storm came rolling. And it poured down poor. Good decision that we got indoors. Uh, and we started playing there. And then the storm passed. Okay, what do you want to do? And, and well, we're going to end up doing this now. Second setup, move it outdoors. Move it all the way outdoors, which is a a long distance away now from from the indoor place where the Long Island Yacht Club is. Then we're over to by the pool area, and it's sunny out, and we start to play, and another storm rolls in. Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) This is a fucking weekend from hell. So yesterday was a good day because... I got went to go someplace, play music, no hassles, uh, easy setup, and uh, um, it it wasn't aggravating. Now Saturday night was even more aggravating. Be, oh, ag- aggravating is not the right word because he's going to say I'm sorry again, and I don't want him to say. That. And I'm getting to the point where my guests should be arriving soon, I think. So. After the long day of moving equipment back and forth and inside and outside and blah, 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 blah. get home and uh, check Twitter, and that's when I see Dean's message that he's feeling suicidal. Nobody loves him. He feels all alone. And I, again, no, I, Dean has tried this a couple of weeks ago. He just got out of the mental hospital uh, doing a 10 day stint for suicide watch when i met him two weeks ago uh at the billy wayne davis show and he's saying he's suicidal and uh, i see the post was five hours ago at that point five hours before i saw the post that's when he posted it and i said fuck man don't do it and i see there's not a whole lot of people responding to him and nobody is actually taking it all that seriously like yeah you're one of us man you can't do it blah 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 blah. and i understand that it's hard to know what to do and there is no right thing to say or do in that situation there really is none yeah well there is a wrong thing you could say just go ahead and do it man that kind of thing that would definitely be the wrong thing to do but knowing the right thing to do listen we can struggle with this we can try to do the right thing but I am not that kind of person. I cannot take that lightly. I've had too many people, and the number would, is staggering if I, if I tell you the number. Too many people close to me do it, go through with it, and leave a devastating hole in people's lives. Um, and end their lives prematurely and needlessly. Uh, for me to just not take that seriously and do everything I can to to do it. So that's what I dealt with Saturday night, which is the reason this show is happening today. 
Now, I've had a lot of conversations with people since then about depression and suicide and what it can look like. And and we it's easy to think, oh, it's just talk. They're not going to do it. And believe me, I've fallen into that trap many times. Not going to do it. All it takes is one time to be wrong, to put a black cloud on the rest of your life. I want to play you a clip, and I don't know. I don't know um, what the volume is going to be like. I have not tested this. I just found this on social media yesterday. But it's about depression and what depression looks like and how we can say how easy it is to make judgments and say, well, let's just talk. They're not going to do it. Tell you about my friend Bobby. I don't know how I got close to Bobby. Bobby was a drummer. Uh, and I, I, I was thinking about this yesterday because I don't know how and why I ended up. I came back to Long Island between uh, Florida and going to New Mexico. I came back for the summer. I didn't wasn't staying with my parents because I was still um, estranged from my family. So I wasn't staying with him. And somehow, the day after I got back to New York, my instinct was to go to Bobby's house. Bobby's a drummer. And I just, let's go jam over Bobby's house. And so I went there, and we struck up a friendship and spent every day of that summer hanging out, playing music, going to the beach, trying to pick up girls. Bobby was a natural with young girls and older girls. At that time, it was the reverse of what happens when you get old. You, we were, uh, I was still 17. I was just about to turn 18. I think he was just 18. And the idea was to get older women, not younger women. Uh, you know, still girls in their 20s, but at that point, it was like the reverse. Girls in their 20s were older than us. And he was great at scoring beautiful 23-year-old supermodels. and <laughs> He was just uh, a natural pickup artist. And so I was studying from him. <laughs> he was, he was uh, very influential to me in that, in that regard. And so I spent every day that summer before going to New Mexico, I stud- stayed at studying the art of picking up women with Bobby. And we, I watched, he was playing in a lot of established older bands we were again 17 and 18 he's playing with the uh, 38 year old uh, 30 year olds and over very successful rock bands at the time and i was extremely jealous of that but i go away to new mexico and come back four and a half years later five years later now i'm with my wife this was before we got married and he starts dating my future sister-in-law and so we got close again and bobby had this uh other girl in between going out with my sister-in-law and be breaking up with her a girl he was really in love with her name was joan bobby was head over heels in love with joan and she rejected him and he told me he was going to kill himself and I poo-pooed it. And he broke up with Joan, and he was really depressed. And then he was going out with my sister-in-law again. But I could tell he, he wasn't all that inter- interested in her or into her. And then he broke up over there again and was going out with Joan again. She broke his heart again. 
and he told me he was going to kill himself. And I said, you know, you got to stop saying this crap, man, because we know you're not going to go through it. And I was uh, at a poker game, and the phone rang, and I picked it up, and it was my friend Steve, and he said, Bobby just hung himself. And that has, it still tears a hole through me. The one time you don't take it seriously and they do it will change your perspective on, oh, it's just talk. It's just talk. So I never, never take it lightly. And so I want to play this clip because it highlights how easy it is to take it lightly. Now, this is just going to cover me up. I'm sorry about that, but this is what it is. It's, it's, not, it's an internet video shot in the wrong aspect and all that kind of stuff, all put together in the wrong aspect. <laughs> kind of short too it's what depression looks like i couldn't make it lower for some reason um well but you get the idea the girl this is a girl dancing and i don't know why why it's the short version of that it's actually longer than that uh but it girl dancing and smiling and happy it's 12 hours before she killed herself that was very loud i apologize for that i don't know uh there's usually some kind of way to control that here but there wasn't with that clip anyway she's dancing and smiling 12 hours before she killed herself. That's what depression looks like. That's what somebody who might really do it looks like. We can't always judge, well, they don't look depressed to me. She looks very happy to me. Yeah, and you dismiss it, and then it happens. I can tell you, yeah, it's only a 10-second clip. I don't know why. The clip I saw was much longer than that. I'm going to delete it right now. Anyway, the point is, I can't let that go especially if i see somebody on social media saying they're going to do it and so all i had at that point was a twitter handle name i didn't even have a name i didn't know his name and uh i knew he lived in the bronx those are the two things i had i had uh, his handle name dispissed 161 <laughs> and the bronx what am i going to do with that well, I could try uh, Googling this stuff, see if I could find out his name. I reached out to Twitter. Anybody know his real name? Um, and Tom Kanapka got found a old um, post or tweet of his that had his name in it or what might be his name. And uh, so I started researching that. I uh, could not get an address, but I, I called... 911 in the Bronx. Uh, and um, I I said, you know, I got, I don't know what to do. I'm, there's somebody who's saying they're going to, they're feeling suicidal and, and they might actually do it and they're online and I don't know what to do about it. And I don't really have a lot to go on. And they said, well, take down his information. We'll see what we can do. I said, is there any way anybody can let me know about this? You know, what you find out? Oh, we'll take your name and number and I'll make a note of it. Okay. Uh, I'm going to, I'm telling them to call me. Obviously, people on um, 
my social media have my phone number and anybody who watches this show has seen that it's been on enough times uh let me just there it is again so just in case anybody ever needs it 631-496-6464 i'm here 24 7 if i can't if i don't pick it up because i'm in the middle of a gig or something i call people back uh anytime uh that happens so he found my number and finally Somewhere around midnight, I think it was, that he got in touch with me. And I picked it up. I said, Dean. He said, how do you know it was me? The Bronx. No, I believe it or not, I don't have that many friends, especially in the Bronx, who are going to call me at midnight on a Saturday night. <laughs> That's how I know. Uh, anyway, I talked to him for a good long time and was convinced that he was off the ledge. Uh, and I... I said, you know what, you need something to look forward to, and and you need to think outside of yourself. The the way to escape, and listen, I'm gonna, I need to put this out there as a disclaimer. I am not a mental health professional. I am not licensed to practice in any state or city or jurisdiction in America or anywhere in the world. Not that. But I do have some ideas, and I have worked suicide hotlines, and I I have some understanding about how to get out of this cycle of suicidal ideation. And a big part of it is thinking about others. And I know that's hard to do when you're wallowing in your own pity, self-pity, and feeling like nobody loves you, you're all alone, I have nothing to live for. Well, here's what you can do. You can start trying to think in terms of how do I help pay it forward? How do I stop somebody else from doing doing something that I don't want to do, but I feel like I need to do? Well, the one way you could do it is by spreading your message and, and talking to people and telling them about your pain and how you're dealing with it. So I invited him. I said, sometime you could definitely come on the show and talk about living with disability. He's got a traumatic brain injury, and that complicates his life severely. And he's got no family or friends, and he's living alone on disability. And so you can understand how, man, life can get depressing sometimes. I said, yeah, but you got to share that story. And so doing this show today was hopefully a way to get him to commit to, first of all, hanging around at least till Monday, talk about his story, share it with others, and hopefully make a difference in somebody else's life. And that's the, uh, that for me and for all the hundreds of people I've dealt with over the years with this particular, I don't want to call it mental illness, it's condition, mental condition of suicidal ideation. It's the thing that has saved more people than I can count, is the idea of paying it forward, giving to somebody else, trying to stop somebody else from doing doing it, and having a purpose of letting them know what you've experienced and, and how you've been there. And I shared my experience a couple of weeks ago with having to be locked up for a suicide watch I wasn't actually doing it, 
Now, I'm not in denial about this. I was a drug addict, a drug user, and was having some sleeping problems. And I was, because I was in Brockport, New York for a single semester, I had transferred from New Mexico to Brockport, New York for a single sem- a semester because of a girl. And uh, I went from sunshine and a really cool place in New Mexico, the land of enchantment, to wintertime in Brockport, New York, where it snowed every fucking day. And I was in the third floor of a dormitory. Now, I was used to living in a house by my off campus. I'm in a dormitory with two jocks, wrestlers sharing a room, roommates I did not get along with, and uh, snowing every day. And the snow actually was over the building, a three-story building. I'm on third floor now. To the point where we didn't need a refrigerator. All I needed to do was open the window and dig a... (laughs) dig an icebox into the snow that was outside our window. Seriously. Um... And that's what I did. I kept my beer and stuff outside the window in the snow bunker. Um, anyway, it's no, and it was a depressing time, and I wasn't sleeping. So I went to the school shrink, and they prescribed me a bunch of sleeping pills. And I went home, and I ate them all, <laughs> which is what drug users do when you give them pills that can get high. Uh, anyway, uh, my roommate walked in and found me with a empty bottle of pills lying there and called uh, 911. Before you know it, I'm getting my stomach pumped. And they're saying, well, uh, you know, a suicide attempt. You, we got to. It wasn't a suicide attempt. It was a get high attempt. It was a get, knock me out. I haven't slept in three weeks attempt. Uh, we're judging it as a suicide attempt. You got to. You got to. Two choices. Either you can voluntarily uh, be put in the hospital for a suicide watch, or we're going to mandate it. Oh, well, that doesn't sound like two choices. It sounds like one choice. You're saying basically submit or I will submit you. (laughs) Uh, And that's what it was. So I had a three-day mandatory stay in the suicide watch and, and with a lot of people who were suicidal. And that was my first introduction to suicide and being around people who think that way and it changed my life maybe maybe for the better maybe for the worst i don't know but it definitely affected my life and gave me some different insights onto uh the mindset of somebody who's thinking about ending their own life and i did have later in life Lots of suicidal ideation. There were times when I was homeless. I was homeless three different times in my life. Uh, and, when, and I've kind of talked about this. Gone from doing very well, making lots of money, having having it really nice to being homeless three different times. And homeless and alone. I shared this with Dean the other night on the phone. There was a time where I lived in the woods by myself. I'm going to share this story because this is where suicide thoughts were the most real for me. I was living with 
a woman I was not in love with at all. Uh, not even, not even so much in like with. <laughs> Although looking back, she was a very nice person and deserves what she got out of the relationship, which I'll talk about in a moment. But uh, I was trapped. I was trapped in a relationship that I, I'm not good at breaking up with people. Never want to be the one to say, uh, "I'm leaving you because I don't love you." That's a tough thing. Tough thing for me. I can't be the bad guy. I can't be the heavy. So I was trapped. But I was playing with a, in the band a lot. Lots of gigging. And I'm about, I'm in my early 40s. And a young girl takes a liking to me. And uh, I'm smitten with her. And I'm thinking, this is my way out. I'm just going to, I'm going to leave and be with this girl. Now, I had bought this house that I was living in with the other girl. And the house was uh, appraised for $1.2 million. <laughs> and this is 1998, 1999. And um, that's a lot of money in that time. And it's a, it's a big expense. But I left her to go live with this girl. In, now, I'm in, living in rural eastern Long Island. And I went to live with a young girl, 20 years younger than me, in very busy, hectic, city-like southwestern Nassau County, which is, you know, congested, small, in an apartment. And it uh, wasn't long before I realized I don't love this girl. She doesn't love me. We, we just were flirting with a... Stupid, spontaneous, sexually driven decision to go live with her. Uh, and so we broke up after like six months of living together. And now I gave the house to the other girl. The house, I put it in her name, surrendered it. Here you go. And I got nothing at this point. I'm leaving a uh, young girl. And just be, just after I left her, I lost my job place uh, laid me off and basically that was it so i'm living on unemployment now and, and i got no place to go <laughs> no home so i rented a cabin that was in the woods remote from anybody and i was by myself and completely alone completely alone cut off from i'm not in the band anymore now uh because that's a whole other story about how I should share that with Kiara sometime about how um, things were on the outs with the band. And so I left the band, lost my job, lost my house, lost my girlfriend or girl I was smitten with completely alone in a cabin in the woods, sheltered off from the world. Man, that's a depressing place to be. He's supposed to be with us, by the way. Probably, and I know he's not sleeping because I saw him share this on social media not too long ago. Uh, I don't think you are on deck. Um, um, oh, he thinks he's in the back room. I don't think he is. Here, I got to send him a, the correct link. I don't think he's, he's in the right place. Uh, he's waiting for us. There he goes. Look here. 
Got the same link as you got. 36G. Yeah, I can't see. <clears throat> Let me know when you need to come now. Anyway, there he is. I don't know. He's, we're expecting him in a moment. So where was I? Um, so I was. I had suicidal ideation then, pretty badly. Living alone in a cabin, lost everything. Lost a lost a home. Lost a girlfriend. Lost my job. Lost my band. Lost all my income and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and so I that kind of point lowest point in my life and you get the idea of loneliness loneliness is the thing that does it. The, the idea that nobody is there listening to you nobody can nobody is there for you which is i think what dean's gonna do and i think he'll be here in a moment to tell us about it but yes speak of the devil here he is now the devil himself hold on i gotta change the background here before i bring him in the devil himself is here uh here he is yes, speak of the devil Devil. Here he Ooh. is now, the devil himself. Hold on, I got to uh, change the back. You got to turn off the uh, whatever it is that you're listening to the program. <laughs> no, I had I had you on the phone, so I wanted I was listening to you on the phone. Cool. Well, uh, thanks for being here, you fucking bastard. <laughs> How are you? Are you okay? I'm all right. Yeah. Good. Thank you. I was just relating uh, the story of Saturday night and and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I, we don't need to rehash that. But I think it's important for you to share your story. Now, you want to talk about how you got into the place where you're you're uh, feeling challenged. And I mean, so- I've always dealt with depression. It's been something what I've dealt with all my life. Right. I, w- I was actually in the mental hospital like a month ago. I know you were, right before, I think you got out like a week before I met you at Billy Wayne Davis show. Yeah, I was at Billy Wayne Davis like right. a week later. Let, let's talk about the traumatic brain injury. Tell people. I also have cerebral palsy. Right. And is that part of the, the traumatic brain injury or not? Yes, it is. I mean, usually a cerebral palsy is something you get at birth. But right. because I was I was three years old when I um, I fell off a deck like three feet. And then I was, and then like the doctor was drunk and he sent me home and then I went into a coma and they had to helicopter me to Portland. I was living in Hood River at the time. So wow. they actually had to take a chopper and to the hospital and I was in a coma for a month. Had to relearn how to walk and talk again. My mom did all that. Wow. And so that's been a challenge for you your whole life dealing with, with, with that stuff. Right. And so how do you, how do you, uh, deal with that. It, does, does it deal? Does it manifest in a lot of um, I don't want uh, prejudice or the way people treat you? Well, definitely growing up for sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, people would call me retard or all the time. You know, <laughs> does that hurt? Yeah, it hurts and it made me really angry. Because I use the word retard all the time. No, I mean I get it. <laughs> I get it. But they weren't saying it like that. <laughs> yeah, it hurt uh, when they said it. I tell you. Yeah, I, I think. And those people would want to fight me because I was disabled. What the fuck is that? We can swear, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, what is that? Because you're an e- you, you're seen as an easy win. <laughs> is that what they want to fight? Yeah, I think it's that. Yeah, you know, it's like it was rough. So I kind of got, I got angry. 
but that's that kind of led me to different things. But like, um, I took refuge in music a lot. Punk rock was very important. Right. It kind of gave me a way of like uh, fighting back in a positive way, maybe. Right. And reggae, yeah. But um, but then yeah. So I I got a master's in philosophy. Wow, then, good for you. And then I was like, then my and then I. I ended up traveling for seven years. I was in, I was living when, in Germany, it, Colombia, Mexico. Uh, it was when, when, did, when did the problems start again? Like when the did, problems, the, what problems? Depression? I mean, yeah, yeah, the depression and the suicidal ideation and all that kind of stuff. It was something I've dealt with a lot. But, it, you know, this time has been very, very difficult. You know, this COVID time. Right. And then, like, you know, just I'm in the Bronx on my, and so I've been isolated, like, really isolated. Right. Now, when you were in the, the, uh, the hospital prior to Billy Wayne Davis, they, they let you out saying, what? I mean, they, obviously they can't hold you forever, like, on something like that. But you got to have some kind of support group, right? And the people there are supposed to be, um, there for you once we make connections in there and you're supposed to support each other once you get out right yeah yeah did and do you maintain those connections only one so far only one really well i try i always try to maintain connections but right and and they don't there's no connection no follow-up no hey how you doing because i if i would definitely be i have a therapist what I have a therapist. You have a therapist. And did you talk to him prior to putting the stuff on Twitter the other night? No, but I talked to her yesterday. Oh, oh her? To her? Yeah. Uh, you talked to her yesterday. And what did she tell you? Well, she about, was, she was, about she was how concerned. to manage, manage this. And she also said, I need things to look forward to. And I had to focus on that. Right. Now... You do have things to look forward to if you uh, you have goals in life, don't you? you yes. With the DJ stuff. Yeah, DJ. I've been DJing. Well, I started out doing like more punk and like ska and stuff, but lately, I've been more into like dub reggae. Right. I still can do the other stuff, but dub reggae is like really layered, textured reggae. That's the perfect music to get sound to because there's so <laughs> it's, it's like really deep. It's really layered and. and uh, what does the therapist say about getting stoned with with suicide? Is she supportive of, of getting high or not? I would think not. No, she likes. She's just supportive of really drinking. Yeah, she is, but she thinks I should stop drinking. Well, I am too. I think marijuana has a lot of therapeutical use for that. Uh, uh, I have not experimented with psychedelics in a long time, but I understand there's a lot of. Uh, movement towards using a psychedelic. I was on mushrooms in the night um, we saw Billy Wayne Davis. Yeah, oh, you are. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. I remember that. <laughs> and, and so, does that help? Yeah, it helps, but it's just like the cycles. It's like I have to, I don't know how. It's just sometimes it just comes and overwhelms me. Well, I just want to show you. Uh, 
that people are here to support you, and, and you're not alone, because uh, I'm just going to run down to Christina. I don't know if you know Christina, the lizard lady. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know her from, uh, yeah, from Twitter. I've and, never met her. But... Right, and, yeah. uh, and Kevin Summer, and uh, Cat, Sugar Cat Loaf, and yeah. Jamie Dykes, and Paul J, who you don't oh, yeah, know. We, I, we're getting, uh, um, getting the squirrels out there. Yeah. And Call Man is here for you. And oh, wow. Mike Zinn is here for you. And you probably don't know him either. He's a, a friend of mine, Chad Hansen, who was, I believe, his uh, his handle on Twitter is Hermie or something like that. Something like that. Kelly Cool. Kelly Cool. <laughs> Andy Andrews, you know him, right? You've heard of him. Uh, so there are people here to express that they're here for support you. You're not alone in the world. I think that's that's the important thing that I want to let you know. Uh, so, are you froze up? Yeah, you were froze I lost up. you for a second. Yeah, so Andy's here, too. Okay. And Andy Andy uh, says hello. And hey, 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 Andy. hey Andy. Yeah. So, I just wanted to let you know that there are people here for you. People that reach out. People do listen to you. And people who care about you. And I think that's the most important thing. When you're feeling alone and feeling like nobody's listening, um, there are people that listen. There are people who care about you. And so... Uh, as I was saying earlier this morning, I think the, the key to getting past suicidal ideation, at least constant suicidal ideation, and uh, I've dealt a lot with it. The key to it is having a goal and then paying it forward. So I'm going to I'm going to press you on that. Uh, and, I'll, you know, the goal, the goal for, first of all, the DJ stuff, I love it. Uh, could do something creative with your life, having a goal for that. I will tell you, I looked for you on Spotify. First of all, if you you got to know, if you search for dub on on Spotify, uh, you're gonna get a billion, a billion. Oh, yeah. uh, so I don't, I could not find. No, it. you I just thought, you look for a dub from the missing channel, and then or just look up my name. I did look up your name. I got nothing, and then I found uh, the. Grace of uh, what was Grace of something that you Grace you, of Spades. She's a DJ, also a reggae DJ in uh, right. And I tried to get that. I said you don't have access to it, which is difficult. So I could not find your music. We got you. Got to find a way to get me the link, and I will share it with people so people can find. It. Yeah, I'll get it to you. I, I posted it a little back. Um, I'll get it to you when we're done with this. That's that's important. Now, um, so. But what I want to say about this, I love the idea that you, you're doing something creative and you want to do it. But on some level, and maybe Andy would disagree with me and people in the, some of the creative art, maybe I'm a sellout. But you know there's not a huge market for punk and, and, <laughs> and reggae DJing at this point, right? And instrumental know, DJing. Yeah. Right. So in order to make it work, I think you have to kind of make some sacrifices where at least you incorporate other. Well, I mean, I have the I'm a vinyl DJ, so I have the records that I have. Right. I you know, know. I buy different records. So I have, you know, uh, you can't go d digital at all to incorporate at least some some stuff that might have a more commercial appeal so that you could get out there working, feel like you're doing something. With I'm you. really kind of a I don't know. It's, I'm really I'm a little bit of a purist. Aww. <laughs> We're all, I got news for you, Dean. We're all a little bit of kind of a jerk. <laughs> Me, a purist. I, 
A purist. Oh, uh, uh, purist. I thought you said jerk. I didn't a say pure... jerk. No, yeah, I didn't but, say I'm oh, a jerk. No, uh, I, no. Look, I am a jerk sometimes. Maybe, I'm maybe sorry. Try not I, to I, I don't hear well. You know, being a musician for 45 years or so, I blew my ears out. So I apologize. I, I thought you said I'm really kind of a jerk. Because you looked down when you said it, too. And my ears. Because I like. I got to read I your like, lip. The music, what I'm into, really just hits me. And I, I want to share that music. I understand that, but you you got uh, and I do too. And listen, I play in a band that's uh, build uh, booked as a cover band, but we play as much uh, original music as we possibly can, and and playing stuff that we want to play. We but we take the job knowing that people are hiring us to play a certain kind of music that they like. We learn enough of it to get in the door, and then give them what we want to give them. And and so this, you know, I'm not. But I DJ that. DJ in Mexico and Portugal and like there is different Mexico. Mexico City, yeah. Scar City. So <laughs> you you've traveled the world. How did that come about? Well, it's just basically like I'm on disability SSDI. Was on SSI, um, but SSDI like you can travel and like it's cheaper to live in like Mexico than here. And I would have kept on doing it, but then I just started to, you know, have more health problems as I got older. Uh, Carl says this probably worked for you as a Jim Norton lookalike. <laughs> you like Jim Norton? I don't really. I haven't really listened to him that much. Wow, uh, nah, he's pretty funny. Well, that you're an Andy fan, and uh, Jim Norton has had Andy on his HBO special. Uh, uh, were you aware of that? <laughs> I wasn't aware. I, Look no. for that clip. There's a, a clip from, okay. I'm probably a good 15 years old by now, I think. But um, I think it came out right around Dumb, Dumb It Down for the Masses. Um, anyway, yes. Yeah, so. I don't know if I've seen I may have seen it somehow. You know. Andy said we could use a, a good reggae DJ in, in Death Valley, you know, the, the party that they have. That would uh, be great, but I don't know. I don't, how can I get to Death Valley? I can't drive. All right. Um, you got you to gotta stop with the butts. <laughs> yeah, guess the butts. The butts are. Uh, yeah, that would be great. But no, if there, if there's a will, there's a way. We make it. If if you you set a goal and you, you have a positive attitude that you can make it happen, you might fail, but you can't. You're guaranteed to fail if you're just gonna be defeatist about. But I don't have transportation for it, right? We think about that. Well, what if the challenge is transportation? We think about well, how do we how do we solve that problem in order to get you there? <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm acting like I, I know shit. Believe me, I said before I'm no fucking uh, uh, licensed psychotherapist in any place. No. no. So what I'm saying is just, but I do think paying it back and sharing your story is an important part of it, and having goals is an important part of it. And that's why I wanted to give you some goals. I mean, like I've share. I've had a lot of people, friends of mine who killed themselves. Yeah. And it was. And I, I know I shouldn't get that way myself because I know it hurts people because I was hurt by the yeah. same thing. Yeah, well, Kat's saying we got to get me to rent an RV. I've been looking at buying an RV, and I almost did two weeks ago, And but then I looked at the gas prices and what it would take because I'm thinking about going to Austin in October. I'm kind of committed to – Yeah, because uh, – Can you go see Brett Erickson? Uh, well, yeah, yeah, Brett, Brett, I don't think Brett will be there. I'm going for the altercation comedy festival. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
and I'm going to cover that. But um, I was thinking about getting an RV for that. But then I'm looking at gas prices and what it would take to get an RV all the way to, you know, I, I might as well fly. It's easier I might as well to fly, fly with all my equipment. Yeah. It's, 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 it's something I'm thinking about, though. But an RV, if I do get an RV and there's a party going on in the desert, maybe that's it. All right. Yeah, we're not that <laughs> <laughs> You're not that far. I could swing by, by the Bronx and pick you up on the way. <laughs> uh, Andy's saying scholarship. Scholarship for, I don't know, scholarship. A scholarship for the road trip. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what is all the stuff on the wall behind you? What do you got going oh, on? Oh, these are like. Um, it looks like religious stuff. It is, yeah. It's Sufism. That's a part of my life. It's like a kind of meditation, a mystical um, mystical um mystical version of islam but it's it's not it's not big on the rules so much ah. uh, and does that does that help when you're uh when you're in the throes of uh suicidal ideation it does help you yeah. right but 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 the ideation it's it's difficult when i'm in that moment it's kind of like a so 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 mystic contract right. myself you know so, and is there anything you, you, besides Twitter, I mean, Twitter's nice to have connection out there in the digital world, but in the real world, are you doing anything to make more connections and bring more people into your life to have a support? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm trying to go to different things and like, uh, I have friends, but they're all in Brooklyn. And <laughs> oh, you know what? I got And then, you know, my friends are all in Brooklyn, super busy, so I don't see them very much at all. But I'm why, trying to reach out. Why the borough difference? Why, why are your friends all in Brooklyn and you're in the Bronx? I'm in public housing. I'm in transitional housing. Formerly oh, yeah. So that you got to go wherever they tell you to, to go. Well, pretty much. I'm going to try to get out of the, I like the Bronx, though. <laughs> but it's too far. Yeah. So you're, you're a Brooklyn guy, but you found yourself in the Bronx because of the public housing thing. I don't know if I'm a Brooklyn guy, but I guess like the music. Well, where are you from originally? I'm from Portland, Oregon. Portland, Oregon? What the fuck are you doing in New York? <laughs> uh, I got my master's here, and then I did two years PhD. And like... So uh, is the, the disability of just from the palsy and, and, and the traumatic brain injury? Because if you have a master's, it seems like you could be teaching, you could be doing something, right, or not? I mean, I did teach one year at John Jay as an adjunct professor. But they, you really got to have a PhD to do that. Really? Yeah. Uh, what about teaching in, at a lower level of it? I mean, I, did, I used to teach English abroad, and I have a certificate. Seems like that would be a gr uh, good thing to lift your spirits and keep you out of the 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 doldrum. The uh, I'm gonna do a butt again. <laughs> You're gonna do what? Do another butt. Yeah. Uh, the certification for teaching out of the country is completely different than teaching English in the country. Right. So, so that. Well, what do you? What can you do to overcome that kind of stuff? There has to, for every I mean, problem honestly, a solution. I'm there. working on. Cause I'm working. I gotta. There's lots of stuff that goes in with this housing stuff. Like you know, it keeps me. 
pretty occupied, but I'm looking for eventually trying to become like assistant social worker because I think I could help. Because I know the system pretty well because I've been in it so long, and I think I could help people. Because because when you at first you, when you're on disability, you don't know what to do. You know they don't. It's not like they give you. Oh, this is how you get housing, and and like this is what you can do. So I'd like to help other people. Hopefully, that's my goal eventually. That's well, it. that's the key, I think, Dean. I, I I really do. I think being able to help other people is an important part of helping yourself. It absolutely is. Now, absolutely. you have overcome a so much to just to be able to get your master's do you ever stop for a minute and just feel pride in yourself and and for what you've accomplished because you were handed a bad hand in in the game of uh, poker in life and you've overcome that and became a winner i mean to get a, a lot of people you know struggle to get a master's degree without the uh obstacles and challenges that you've had do you ever stop for a moment and congratulate yourself and feel pride in what you've been able to do sometimes but not that often why why is it i don't know maybe it's it's something that i don't know the self like doubt the self hate hmm. sometimes well uh, i'm laughing i know it's very serious but you know well on this program daily uh and this is an unplanned version of this program. We were actually planning on taking off today, but uh, daily with Kiera is a part of this program and she comes in to kind of spread some happiness. Now I have to tell you, she's a, a Bible thumber. She's probably going to pray for you and, and try to convert you and make you all uh, saved and all. But uh, I think she'll, she'll be a happy influence. Uh, and I'm going to bring her in right now. I have to play some silly music to bring her in because I can't do it without that, but she's coming in right now. And there she is. Say hello to Kiara. Kiara, say meet Dean. Hello. Hi, Dean. Hi. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. So, so uh, how are you this morning anyway? Are you, are you okay this morning? Uh, um, very tired. Of course you are. are you? You're always tired. But it's morning, <laughs> and it's Memorial Day weekend. And I just have one question before, you, before, before we get back to uh, talking about Dean's issues here. Um, yes. Is there any chance that you took home the wrong baby from the hospital? Because uh, he doesn't look like me, right? I, he doesn't no. look like you or Matt. He doesn't look like you I or Matt. And it happens. I, th <laughs> I, I, th I think he, uh, you know, what's funny is I said to Matt, I said, you know, what happens if that, if that were true? And he gets so defensive because, you know, but he, I think he does look like, I think he looks like Matt as a baby. If you see baby pictures of Matt, of oh, course, they're black yeah. and white. I, I've never seen any baby <laughs> pictures of Matt, but no, I like, because here's the deal. Your two daughters. Yeah. If you and your ex-husband were in a room full of a thousand people and I just saw your two daughters, I could pick out their parents without any problem. Right. Right. That right. kid, I would say. I don't know. Could be anybody here, but not you, and not me. <laughs> right. Blonde hair, blue eyes, right? Right. So that I was thinking that the whole way home. Could it be they took home the wrong baby from the hospital? Were there other baby boys born on the same day when you were in the hospital? Um, I think so, and it has crossed my mind. But you know, and I said, I said, Matt, what would you do? And he said, Stop, stop it. He doesn't even want to talk about it. <laughs> 
Well, good for him. Oh, All right, man. we can move on. So uh, I've been talking to Dean here now. I think I told you a little bit about uh, the story with Dean, but um, yes. he's, he's a guy who's had tra- uh, traumatic brain injury from the age of three and cerebral palsy. Oh, quality. my goodness. And has overcome that to get a master's degree. What's your master's in, Dean? Philosophy. Philosophy. Wow. wow. So, so you're you're a heavy thinker guy, and so, uh, but has trouble under uh, or giving himself credit for being like outstanding and overcoming those challenges, and deals with a lot of suicidal ideation and gets down on himself and and mm. uh, defeated. A lot of butts, mm. a lot of butts in every solution. Uh, mm. What I'd like to do, I could do that. And this is what I like, but uh, any right. any thoughts on that kind of stuff? Um, I was once there, um, and I think to overcome it, you well, you have to speak to yourself um, the way you would speak to a stranger. You have to respect yourself the way you would respect a stranger. Um, I used to talk down to myself, get down to myself, uh, feel suicidal at times. And we don't deserve that as people. We don't deserve to to treat ourselves um, any differently than we would treat a stranger. Um, I think that we don't give ourselves credit. We're our biggest critics. But um, I think, you know, just just being happy and, and... having some sense of pride in what you've done and what you've accomplished, letting yourself take that credit, letting, giving yourself that compliment, you know, just it's, you're allowed to, you're allowed to give yourself compliments. You've yeah, come you know, so far, you know, I, w- I want to give you some advice. And you, again, my advice means nothing. I'm not a medical professional at all or a clinical therapist yeah. in any way, licensed in any way, but I would say use that masters, remind yourself that you've got a masters and put it in your, your Twitter handle and your Facebook handle and say, yeah. Dean Harris, uh, M A M B, whatever, whatever your degree is, I guess it would be M A. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. but I mean, right. call yourself that and remind yourself that you've got to met. Not it sounds not. pretentious to say you're a master of philosophy. <laughs> it does. It does <laughs> sound pretty it's, cool. It's really impressive. Are you kidding me? It's, and there are yeah. so many people who can't do that who don't have the challenges that you've had right. to deal with in life to overcome. Right. So, right. man, I would be hurting my arm, patting myself on the back if I were you. I don't know. Maybe right. that's me. Maybe I'm just an ego man. Well, I was also uh, something, <laughs> something I haven't talked about. Um, but, I, but I was in a, I don't know if you've heard of troubled teen um, institutions. I have okay. not, but yes. I'm hearing about it now. Go ahead. They're, um, there's, there's, there's like basically like kind of like a prison or a mental hospital for kids. And, and where they where they, they send you there, they make you do all these routines. It's for the troubled kids. And they would like to hackle me to the ground and put me in straight jackets. Mm. And they would make Terrible. me stand up for hours as punishment, which is <gasps> particularly bad. I was actually interviewed on the podcast about that. Wow. Wow. That's terrible. Yeah. It's terrible, but it goes it goes on. It still goes on. Yeah. That's close still open, like others too, and so I had to deal with because um, I rebelled as a kid. My my response to me people making fun of me when I was disabled was anger, 
because that, and so I rebelled against my parents and I was like, when someone called me a retard, I told them to go fuck themselves. <laughs> yeah. And well, good. <laughs> good. It's, and easy, it, it's easy for me to rationalize that understanding that people who picked on you were just picking on you out of their own insecurities uh, and, and yeah. their own weaknesses. But that's a rational thing. It's not an emotional thing. And in the moment, I know it It hurts. Listen, I, I will... I've been both when I was a kid. I was bullied and was a bully. Uh, I think it's a cycle that we have to deal with. I think once you become bullied, your tendency is to bully other people. Now, you weren't in the position to turn that around because of your disabilities and stuff. So you were stuck with only not having an outlet for it coming to you. You didn't have a chance to put it back out. Not that it's a good thing to put it back out into the universe. But you've been bottling that up for 40-plus years now. Uh, and so that's got to, you know, compound itself. But I think part of part of the way out, again, I think, is to commit to sharing the story as much as you can, telling people about the yes. pain you're going through in order not to just to express your own pain, but to try to be helpful to others who might be going through what you're going yeah, through. Yeah, that's what I want, you know, because yeah. I want to help, help people who've been through what I've been through. Well, well, yeah, how do you, definitely. How do, how do you start? I mean, and, uh, social media, voice, getting a voice on social media, right? Starting a platform, talking, just talking about it. Yeah. I think it'll, others will gravitate to you with the same situations. Do you have a, uh, what do you call it? Stack, whatever, the, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, the, you know, where you, people are blogging, but they, they, it's some stack. Help me out oh, there, chat. Oh. Yo, I had a blog. Substack, sub yeah. That's I don't what know what, what is that? Substack is where they, people subscribe to you. It's a, like a blog, but people subscribe to you and come back. You know, they become like subscribed members and come back to mm. listen and read what you have to say. So mm. I got to keep it positive. Inman <laughs> has one, but I don't think anybody subscribes to it. <laughs> substack. Oh, yeah. I don't have one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's an important part. If you, if you, do you have a blog now? I mean, I had a blog. Yeah. I'm still up there. Yeah. Well, uh, I did like 20 different entries. I kind of wrote out my traveling and all that. Right. It's also called Dispissed. Yeah. It's hard to find, but if you, if you Google Dispissed blog and punk, it'll come up. Okay. Why, where did Dispissed come from? Well, it was like from the punk thing. There's a lot of bands like Discharge and all these disc bands, and like, and then there's also Disability, uh, and then disability, like, yeah, and, and pissed is like, and yeah, anger. Mm. <laughs> but I've yeah. kind of moved away from that. Gotcha. Right. You know, I mean, against the, against the, because we are. Uh, we're we're trained to, all of us are trained to think of our lives as a like commodity and fitting in this 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 way of life to be conditioned in. Right. And I right. think it causes a lot of pain for everyone. So in public housing there, where where you are, are you in a private room or private apartment? Like what what is the situation where you are? Um no, I'm in a apartment. And there's apartment. another guy. Right. Um have you looked at 
Stanhope's uh, approach to mental health with with his living quarters, I mean. No. Uh, he he said because he's been you know his wife has been in lots of uh, facilities, and he said you know none, none of those places no they don't get it they don't really um, understand how to deal with people who uh, deal with depression and suicidal ideation and all that stuff so he's got his if you've seen his place it's all bright colors like extremely well I've seen his. Yeah, from like I'm, just, I'm looking at your, your place there, and, you, you, and I know you have the religious stuff and the, uh, and the mysticism stuff behind you, but it doesn't seem like you have a lot of that happy, happy vibe there. And I think if you de- somebody who deals with, with with depression and suicidal ideation, I think that's an important part. It's to make your living space. No, I got I. Uh, this is only one wall. I had done on my place. I got like lights, and then I got. I got like a, a, a wall just for like reggae posters, and like mm. I got my trap. I can show you. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, cool. Nice. Hey, I want to get into public housing, man. How can I get in there? It's not public housing. It's not like um, it's not uh, it's um, transitional housing for formerly homeless people and people mm. who deal with mental illness. Right. Well, uh, I still want to get in there. I might, I'm <laughs> so when you um, lost your million dollar home to that girl. Right. Yeah. Well, I didn't lose it. I gave it. You gave it. Yeah. Well, you know, we all do stupid things, but yeah, that was a really depressing time in my life. I mean, being alone. I get the idea of being alone and uh, not having a support group or anybody. Anybody in that uh, where the I, I guess if it's an apartment, you're in a, a complex. Anybody there you reach out to or made friends with or any of that kind of um, stuff? Kind of, but it's very erratic, my neighbor. And sometimes you can't talk to him. Right. Mm. He's screaming. Mm. Yeah. Oh uh, what What is the challenge there? What, what, I mean, is it they're just that cold or they just, uh, they're just dealing with their own? Yeah. I don't know. I I feel like um, it's a a challenging situation. But again, I'm not. uh, I'm not for defeatism. I think for every. What's Dan Hope's system again? Well, he just uh, brightest colors as possible. Creative stuff. You know, there's for for his wife who's a musician. There's pianos and guitars, and but it's completely red, bright red, bright green, orange. Oh yeah, I I know it from. Mostly from issues with Andy Chaley. <laughs> Chaley was in there. Yeah. So that that definitely, you know, mood colors and, you know, happy mood mm-hmm. colors and all that kind of stuff. And creative stuff. Being a DJ, uh, I didn't see yeah. anything set up there for you to do. Now, I, obviously. I have, I have two record players, but, yeah, it's a, I got more. I got a lot of record yeah, well, you got you got to get up to date with the digital world too. I mean, it's so much easier than vinyl stuff, right? <laughs> no. I vote vinyl though. Huh? I vote vinyl. Yeah, I know. I, I get it. I love vinyl too. <laughs> I get to hey. be a, pure, a purist and all that stuff. I I definitely get that. But at some point, uh, at least for um, the creative aspect, to keep yourself busy. 
and and keep yourself creating stuff it's it's more convenient and easy to say okay i love the vinyl i use the vinyl when i want to be really artsy and stuff but when i'm just to keep myself busy and keep my mind off being alone and feeling suicidal and stuff you know there's nothing wrong with sacrificing your purism purityism what is it purism <laughs> for for a little uh, convenience every now and then to to stay creative, no? Am I wrong? I don't know. I love what I love. That's all I can say. Yeah, I I, I, I agree with him. It, it's coming back too, all the the vinyl and you know the the styles and everything. So I think people will think it's original and you know and no, I understand it's, it's that. A change. But- yeah. I definitely get that, but uh, it's expensive doing, you know, going out oh. and finding the vinyl and all that stuff. Whereas, well, that's uh, part of it, though. You you have to yeah. go, you have to order things from London or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and staying yeah. busy with the creativity is definitely, I think, a big part of it. Is uh, anytime, and I know it worked for me when I was alone in that cabin in the woods for for a while, got homeless and and, and yeah. moving to a, a cabin and being you know without a band, without a job, without a girlfriend, without anybody in my life. Yeah, staying creative was was the was the thing that got me through it. Just constantly staying busy and trying to create new things. And I have to say, uh, the the stuff I'm most proud of, as far as uh, my songwriting goes was created during that period so uh a, a I lot say- of musicians and artists a lot of musicians and artists their their darkest hours they came up with with some of the most amazing stuff so right and and, and just know that that all those those thoughts and feelings they come in waves so whenever i'm yeah. low whenever i'm feeling low i know that it's not going to stay there it you know, it fluctuates. So I always try and remind myself when I'm down there that it's going to come back up. I just have to wait it out kind of. So I'll, I'll, um, I'll take a walk, you know, just keep myself busy, just trying to get out of that, that, um, you know, those, that thought process or that mood at the time. Right. So that helps me too. So Dean, now when you went for your masters, you had to have, um, had that goal in mind and a plan for how you were going to achieve that, right? Right, right. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so do you have a plan for uh, moving forward in your life now? Like, do you... you do yeah, you I do. I, I mean, I'm... Yeah, I mean, uh, like, within a year, I should get permanent housing, third of my income in New York City Good. for the rest of my life. And then, I'll, and then I could... You know, I'm also... Taking because then I go to the doctor's law because I was basically traveling, being poor, and like, and I wasn't going to the doctor. <laughs> yeah, I and so I had medical issues, so I'm dealing with the stuff that I hadn't really dealt with. And then once I get the house, I have a plan. And once I get the housing, then I could focus more on getting some sort of uh, work. Our buddy Craig said, and this is kind of what I was trying to say about being flexible. I think, I think he he's echoing basically the same sentiment that I was saying. Being completely rigid keeps the feedback loop mechanism in place. In other words, you know, um, ha- having some flexibility in what you're willing to do to um, make things work. Um, 
I, I understand. Again, I understand being. But angry. I want to say that I'm being rigid about music. You know? Rigid seems like closed off, and it's the opposite thing that's happening. Right. right. Yeah, but, but being rigid in what you will accept as far as being able to. Again, uh, I understand that, you know, believe me, have, having playing in a, a really unfulfilling uh, kind of cover band for a long time i understand that you 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 don't want to sell out completely believe me i understand that but in order to keep things the the wheels moving forward sometimes you have to make small sacrifices in life i don't say make complete sacrifices and go 100 percent against what you love but sometimes you have to make these small sacrifices in order to continue to do what you love does sure. that make any sense? Do you agree with that at any level? I agree, but I have a different. I can do all punk or do all reggae. There's lots of, of like, a, I have lots of breadth in what I could choose from. So right. I don't see it as a limit. But I don't care about making money. I don't really make any money. Right. Um, right. I just do it because I love it. But I've, I've been kind of, I don't really have a gig right now coming up or right. anything on the horizon. So maybe I am being rigid. rigid. So. <laughs> So, so the plan moving forward, uh, what are, what is the plan moving forward? I mean, for tomorrow, for the short-term goals, this week, how are we going to make sure that I don't have to keep checking on you every day to make sure you're okay? Not that I mind that, and I, I am here for you. You have my number. You can call me anytime. But you, you, in order to for us to know that you're going to be okay, what you got to have some kind of plan. Well, on Friday, I'm going to go um, to um, my – I told you that I made one connection in the mental hospital, right? Yeah. And this person, uh, Harvey, is, is in a band. She's an amazing uh, kind of like jazz singer. And I'm going to go see her play. Good. Awesome. Good. Awesome. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you have some kind of plan and some kind of something to look forward to. That's the, I, you know, again, I, I'm going to keep prefacing this with I'm not, I'm not an expert in the field, but I think uh, having something to live for is the most important part of, of this and having, you know, a reason to to see tomorrow. Right. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Waking up and, um, you know, the first thing I do when I wake up is I get on my hands and knees. I pray for what I'm thankful for. And I just go down the list. I look outside. I the first thing you get do when you wake up is, uh, is click on the link that I sent you and <laughs> act like you're awake. I'm not that active in the morning. I'm like, okay, <laughs> let me try um, to drink some coffee. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I have to wake up first, or um, I like to. I, I like to also meditate and sit and pray in, in the shower because the shower wakes me up too, right? So, I mean, sometimes yeah. it's not productive to to sit there and pray, you know, while you're not off to sleep again. But um, when I'm when I fully wake up, when my mind is fully awake, then I'd like to take deep breaths and pray and, and, and look around for, you know, all that I'm thankful for beginning with, with me here now, you know, right. and then everything else, at least five things that you're thankful for. And then again in the afternoon, just stop, stop what I'm doing and just sit down and breathe again, because it's so easy to get lost in ourselves and what we're doing and what the world wants us, you know, expects of us. And, and so, you know, yeah. And again, you know, uh, 
and Dean, I, I want you to, if you can, uh, talk to this because people, not this is not just about you, but do, doing this show, I'm using you in a way to get through to a lot of people who are feeling exactly what you were feeling Saturday night. And I want to see, you know, if I'm not too corny here, if we can make a difference in the world, if one person can hear about your story and say right. uh, that I hear myself in that and maybe find some some reason to keep on and keep on. I think it's important. Yeah. I want to talk about this idea. And I tried to share a video before because a lot of people see the message that you left on Twitter and say, ah, that's just talk. He's not going to do it. I know Chad Shank did it a couple of weeks ago, was talking about suicidal ideation. And I reached out to him and said, listen, man, don't do it. If I'm here to talk and all this kind of stuff. And uh, people said, I think he's just kidding. And Chad. Oh, I said that. Huh? I said that. Oh, that was you that came back. Yes, but he wasn't. Because he has that money Monday motivation, Maurice. Right, but he he wasn't just kidding. He was he was he came back and said he was serious about it. He had he was Mm. having serial serious suicidal Mm. ideation, and then uh, but so and when you did that Saturday night, there were some people who had that same reaction that uh, just talk. And I shared a story this morning of when uh, when I was a young man where I had that situation very close friend mm. of mine and he, he broke up with his girlfriend twice he was very much in love with her and each time he said he was going to do it and i mm. said ah, that's just talk and then i got the phone call that said he hung himself oh and my goodness that scarred me for life so i want people to understand that just because they see dean here laughing and appearing not to be depressed right depression depression can yeah, come people get that all the time oh yeah. right Right. And, right, and there was a video I tried to share that this girl is dancing, smiling. Uh, Twelve hours before she killed herself, and, <gasps> and people and people are are so quick to dismiss talk. And I don't, I don't think we can dismiss it. So I just want to share that and the, the idea. You've had that before, where you, and you've, you, and so you were the actual the guy who said that. I think he's just kidding. I don't, I don't think it's, it, it's real. And so I just want to talk about that and make sure people understand that if you see somebody who says they're having suicidal ideation, not to take it lightly and not to just dismiss it. Uh, so, uh, but then again, <laughs> he did with Chad. So, I mean, that just shows you how easy it is. As a defense he wrote previously, it was kind of a joke. That's why. No, I know. I know how easy it is to do. And, and I, again, I've been there. You've been there. We've all been there. But I think it's important. Uh, not to necessarily, uh, would your alarm go off or something? My alarm went off, yeah, in case I overslept today I like to, on the top, <laughs> to uh, get on the show. I belong on the oh. bottom here. Was I on the, <laughs> the top last time? Where yeah, was you, I? I don't you, remember. you were there oh. and Dean was here. It was like this. Oh. No? Oh, oh we're back there again. Yeah. <laughs> keep going. Go ahead. Keep going. Anyway, I was just talking about not okay. dismissing it when somebody... When somebody yes. expresses that thought, you know, even if they're not necessarily going to do it, just to reach out and say, I'm here to listen is an important thing. And I think I'm telling you, I, no, don't, I, they should not. I've been in the same situation multiple times myself. Um, I even had my own mother mock me and laugh at me and embarrass me um, to her friends. Um, like how, how, how much of a burden I was for having those thoughts, for attempting so uh, I, I feel you. And it's really important for people to take you seriously. It's your yearning 
for me, I was yearning for connection. I was yearning for someone to come and say, I'm here. And I never had that. And um, in one of my situations where I was, uh, I like Robin Williams' quote where it's, it's better to be alone than to be surrounded by people who make you feel alone. Right. right. So um, that was my situation at one point, being surrounded by people who don't care about you and just smile in your face. And it's, and it's more painful than being alone. So sometimes I really like being alone. I like um, being comfortable in myself. I like making my own self happy and putting my own needs first. And, you know, but uh, it is nice for someone's people need to take it seriously. They're, people need to come and reach out and support each other because it's, it's hard. It's hard to, to get out of that hole. So, well, I, I'm going to let you know that somebody in the chat, well, the chat room is, is making fun of you, Kira. That's okay. What? <laughs> yeah, they say she fell off the flat earth. Ah! Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I didn't go to Antarctica yet, but one day when I go there, I, I'm taking Matt with me, and we're gonna go we're gonna to get the, to the top of, of Mount Everest. Forget about Antarctica. Go to the top of Mount that Everest. That was a panoramic lens. Um, it wasn't. Yeah. Anyway, gonna, Matt uh, and I are gonna get to the bottom of this, or to well, the edge I, of this. Well, I together. am because I got to tell you, my guest uh, Lori Garvner, who is uh, is coming up. She's gonna be scheduling with me later today. Escaping gravity: My quest to transform NASA and launch, <laughs> it, and launch a new space age. Lori Gardner is a former head of NASA transition team for President Obama and served as deputy administrator of the NAS of NASA from 20, uh, 2009 to two thousand thirteen. Uh, she's gonna be a guest on an upcoming. Why does she want to start a new? She wants to start a new what? Space agency. I'm re transforming NASA for the for the next century. Um, oh. So, so she's going to okay. be a guest on the show. But I'm going to turn that into a complete uh, flat Earth debate. <laughs> but no, I'm going to get her to kind of uh, talk to the flat Earth people, talk some sense into it. Oh, I should listen to that. But yeah, you know. she should. Do you Dana, know any you... flat Earth people? Her. Hey. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Her. That's said, a flat earther right there. Look he, at it. He labels me, but I say I'm exploring all possibilities because um, I'm with you and society and the and the government and all these, you know, all these, you know, um, elitists or whoever they are want you to fit and conform into this little box. And they want you to be this worker bee ant, right? Nine to five and, and basically uh, slave, you know, be a slave for them. And, and even your wages are just, just enough. They know just enough so that you're just stuck. Right. Uh, and, the, and so what so you're saying, you so, so basically you what you're life, saying is. Question everything. That's basically what you're saying, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I love that. Um, that is so funny. Oh my gosh, you made me cry. Um, yes, so you got to question everything, everything they taught you. And, and, um, and I was listening to, actually, I started listening to Flat Earth Theories because of Matt, because of his interviews with Flat Earthers. And, um, and I just, and I want to research more because it really presses Matt's buttons. He gets really agitated when we talk about it. And I just, it's just Why amazing. Cat says, what the hell was that? That was Kiara saying question everything, uh, basically. That's what it was. <laughs> that's so funny. I, I told her that. to sing it into her phone. And that's, uh, she gave me four different versions to use. I used, <laughs> that one was, 
That was the most um, energetic, oh I think. So, anyway, yeah. that's what that was. Uh, are you a flat earther? What do you? What's oh, your no. take on it, Dean? What, what no, I'm not a flat earther. <laughs> I've traveled around the world. I'm pretty sure it's not flat. Oh, the, he said the, around, uh, around. You, you you went past the ice ice bridge or whatever it's called, ice uh, wall. You you went over the ice wall and around the bottom of the flat disc. I didn't happen to find my way into Antarctica. <laughs> okay, right. Uh, I just, well, I like. I also like the thought that you know to entertain the idea that we're not an you know little tiny speck in this you know this huge multiple universe oh, get over that but, we are a tiny uh, speck no but if you think, think about it if we were the center if the if the sun and the moon did revolve around us wouldn't it wouldn't it change our perspective on things you know you have it... a master of philosophy in the room let's ask him would it change your okay. uh, your your outlook on things to know that earth is a singular uh place not yeah. just a small speck in a tiny universe yeah um yeah, I guess that would change my outlook. <laughs> oh, see, and, uh, for see? the better or for the worse? Oh no. Well, I'm actually interested in the kind of like uh, psychology of conspiracy theory. It's interesting. Mm. Mm. The so, psychology, uh, the psychology of a conspiracy theorist, or the theory. theories. That oh are yeah, right? the theorists, okay. the people, because right. uh, you kind of not every uh, everyone's out to get them and. Stuff like that, or not necessarily. Hmm. Oh. Hmm. So, what what about philosophy attracted you as a field of study? Well, because I'm interested, like you were saying, there's different ways of looking at the world, and right. and, and and what we're fed isn't the only way, and it's, right, and it's not even the best way. It's very harmful. Yeah. <laughs> So yes. if you're able to broaden your perspectives on the way thinking can be and how right. we can think and uh, we got we, we got some stuff going on in the chat room here. Now, Jamie said his dad was in the Navy. He, he sailed around the world, around the globe. And Carl, and Craig says, or did he? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Carl says, around the edge of the disc, dummy. Thank you, Carl. No. <laughs> I don't think he's serious. No, he's not serious. <laughs> I, I know. Carl's not a flat earther. Called hmm. a fat earther. He thinks the earth is fat. Right. It needs really to lose fat. some weight. It needs yeah. to go on a diet. He's a fat earther. Um, anyway, uh, I hope we, we're doing some good here today. D Dean, what's your takeaway from this? Uh, and uh, do you, are you more optimistic now and feeling a little more like you want to stick around and be part of our world? Yeah, well, yeah, I do. And I, it's good to remind yourself that things pass. We do go yes. Well, I want you to know that yes. I, uh, I consider you a friend, and my line is always open to you. Anytime you want to call me, anytime you start to feel anything towards what you were feeling Saturday night, you can always call me. Again, if I'm gigging or you know whatever, and I don't pick up right away, don't give up. That means I'm, I, I always return phone calls of, uh, when, I, when I can as soon as the opportunity. I won't let you down. Mm -hmm. I, will, I will be here for you, and I want, I want that 
I want you to know that. So uh, you're never completely alone. And I think this chat room, Kiara getting up on, on a, a Monday morning when she did not have to, to be part of this, everybody who came yes, here absolutely. today to support you is proof that yeah. you're not alone. So don't, yeah. there's no need for you to ever feel you're, you're completely alone. Squirrels and termites are really amazing, actually, aren't they? Squirrels they, and termites? <laughs> uh, no, it's a, it's a, the fans of Doug Stanhope are called the killer termites. And like, <laughs> and like uh, Andy Andrus, um, he has a podcast called Issues of Andy, which is like my favorite podcast. And he, um, he had a lot to do with squirrels in, in the beginning of that podcast. Like, did there always be a squirrel visiting him? So we kind of named his fans squirrels. My ah. father, my father was huge with squirrels. My father could talk to squirrels and make them come to call squirrels, and they would come and eat out of his hands. They would sit on his shoulders. It was the weirdest thing. My neighbors used to hate it that they would. Oh, they call hated it. They, yeah, well, they said squirrels <laughs> were basically rats wearing fur coats. No, I love squirrels. I had a squirrel named Kevin. He would come to my my screen door, and he would and he would wait for me. And I would I would not let him go near me. He would he would have eaten out of my hand, but I was scared. But I I would feed him like you know pistachios and stuff, and he would open the nut, and he would eat it, and, and then he would wait for more. He would stalk us, He'd be like Kevin's here. Kevin's staring at at us. It was cute. Ke oh. Kelly says you can you can DM her anytime, but uh, oh. careful careful with her. She'll show you a tits. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, she 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 told me she was gonna show me a tip, but she never did. Anyway. Wow. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah. So there's that. But no, I, I, seriously, you're you're not alone. And these people all are here for you. Uh, the the squirrel mites, killer killer squirrel mites. Squirrel uh, mites. Killer squirrels. The killer mites termites and squirrels? and squirrels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's well, oh the thing? The thing. <laughs> So, so yeah, so you have a group of people, a support uh, uh, group here for you who's not going to let you fall through the cracks, and I think that's the, the biggest yeah. takeaway from the show. But, again, I think uh, we can't just stop with you, which is why the show is important today. It's a, a – and I think we have to kind of pay it forward, and I'm, I'm yeah. counting on you to kind of uh, spread this around and, and, and if somebody else is feeling this, be there for them. That's all we ask. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, I try yeah. my very best to do that because I've lost friends. Yeah, I think Kelly. it's important for you, like like uh, Matt was saying, to telling my secrets, um, I'm, to work, to to. Um, wait, you're losing my train of thought. I know, yeah, I know. The most, sorry. The most important thing for you to do is to um, to advocate, to go out and and speak, like you said, to speak your story. That's what I would like to do to to give your testimony to others, to inspire others in any way that you can do that and get a following and, and, you know, um, people affirming that, oh my gosh, I'm oh, sorry. My group text is like, keeps flashing and I can't see you guys. It's someone's oh. birthday. Um, but any, but any time that you can have people affirm that they've been there too, and, and just someone saying, thank you, you've helped them that day. That's going to give you something to live forward, you know, to look forward to and to live for as well. So to get out there and start, and we kind of have to do it, yeah. As we, because no one else can really, right? Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. people who don't understand, they don't understand. Yeah, and they'll not, and some of them will never understand. But the but out of like Matt said it, out of a thousand people that listen, if there's one person today who took what 
you were saying or Matt was saying and, and uh, turn their life around or even just help them for the day, then that, then you've done something. And I, I really like that. So um, sticking with that. Cat is, uh, I'd say maybe the nursing home peeps because I, I volunteer at nursing homes and I, uh, and I work at nursing homes all the time too. Uh, and you know what? I like to think, you know, put on an act that I'm doing it for them, but most of the time I'm doing it for me. One Tuesday after the shooting thing, I was extremely depressed and couldn't do a show on Wednesday, canceled my show on Wednesday because I could not bring myself to even speak about the thing. But then I had two nursing home shows on Wednesday. And uh, it's an incredible way to get out of situational depression, which is different than clinical depression. You know, doesn't come from anything chemical or any of that stuff. But again, doing stuff for other people, um, maybe there are, yeah, and I know it sounds far-fetched to think, well, nursing home full of old people, would they necessarily be into uh, reggae? We're getting, uh, I mean, that music is from the 70s. We're getting there almost. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> somebody had to yeah. point that out to me <laughs> at one point when I said, we're, we're just playing old music, and, you know, we're playing classic rock, and somebody said, Those, we're playing for people who are old, are our age or older. They're going to love older music, so. Yes, it, yes. It, yeah. Not you. You're a kid. No, I, I worked in the nursing home. But you have an old man fetish. I know that. I, hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, we talked about this. People my age, they kind of suck. Um, oh. and it's hard to connect. You know, people call me an old soul. I don't know. Maybe it's because I just don't look my age because I have wrinkles. But um, I, I really don't connect with a lot of people my age. I, I feel like they're just very shallow, self-centered. And it's not all people. I'm, you know, I'm not, I don't want to say all people, but um, I think that, I think that I, I vibe with, uh, with older folks because they just, they get, some of them get it. They get what life's about, you know, and um, I, I don't, don't know where I was going it. with this. I don't get it. I think it. you get it. I think you get it, Matt. I think you don't, you don't give yourself enough credit as well. And, and that goes back to. No, but I think the kids are all right, you know, like, yeah. I think the kids are all right. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think I'm trying to get it, and I think every day I get up with with hoping today will, will be a better day than tomorrow. That doesn't make me an optimist. It makes me kind of uh, a realist, somebody in between who's trying to fight his own natural pessimism by adding a little bit of optimism on top of it. But uh, again, what that helping other people, going to the nursing homes, I do it in the guise of being helpful to them. I'm doing something good. I'm volunteering. But in, at the end of the day, it's the most rewarding thing for me personally. And right. when I left on Wednesday, it was like, I'm ready to go back to work now. I can deal with all the crap from, from you know, the tragedies that happen in the world because I'm feeling better about and so it was a gift to me to be able to give to somebody else. And, uh, you know, people, I get a lot of, uh, you know, because it sounds like virtual signaling, virtue signaling. I'm not doing that. I want people to know that the greatest joy that in my life comes from that just giving back. And sometimes it's a pain. And well, I lost Dean. Um, yes. I wasn't going to uh, let you finish your thought. <laughs> his, his, yeah, th I wasn't looking. So, but yeah, uh, hopefully he'll be back just to wrap this up. But um, part of it is is for me. It's a lot for me, and 
Oh, we got no. Ah, there you are. You're up right up close. That's fine. Leave it in that that aspect. That's cool. We're gonna wrap it up here anyway. But um, so a lot. Sometimes it's really really difficult to say. Yes. I have to get out of bed. I have to go put my equipment in the car. I have to go drive a hundred miles to go to a nursing home to do a show. But when, after I get there and I'm leaving and I'm getting in the car, I take a deep yeah. breath and I say, man, I feel great. I feel great. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, help helping people. Dean's stuck in that position. Oh, Dean, I think you're stuck. I think you're locked up. Do no, I'm, I'm hearing the... Like... All right. So anyway, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up today. Any final thoughts from you, Dean? I'm locked up. Yeah, you're not locked up now. You look okay. Maybe you should be locked up. Should I lock you up? Just kidding. I'm hearing like double. I'm okay. hearing double. Oh, That's weird. Okay. I All mean right. this. I mean it's a struggle. It's a struggle, but yeah, you have a support. And a delay. Yeah. All right, we're going to end it, end it here today. I thank you for coming on and sharing your story with everybody, and I hope, I hope we can make uh, a little bit of a difference here. That's all I hope. And so, thank um, you so much. Thanks, man. Keep it up. Keep it up. And again, you you know where to get in touch with me if you ever need to, and just reach out to all these people who care about you. Thank you so much. All right. Bye for now, man. Have a great day. Bye. And you, I'll get rid of you, but I have to I have to get rid of you the right way. And I'll let you go. Are back you getting rid of me right now? Oh, do you want me? I was kinda why you have a final thought? Oh. You wanna you no, wanna share no. something? No, I, I, <laughs> I have oh. no final thought. You have a thought? <laughs> uh, I, I wanted to uh no, I, I think that I just wanted to give you some credit. Um that oh. you know, you're you're down on yourself all the time, but I do I, not all the time, but um, it's, it's very powerful myself. stuff that, that you've done for Dean. And, um, I think that that's really amazing. I, I wish that I had someone like you when I was going through that. I'm not going to get teary eyed here, but, uh, it's, it's hard. It's really hard. Um, my only saving grace was, was prayers every morning. So I, I want to say that, that, um, Jesus was the only thing that got me through. He was my, he really was my only friend. There really was nobody. Um, yeah. so, uh, do, do unto others as, as you want them to do unto you. And that's my botched way of saying, that's um, a good one. I like that one. Do that's unto from the others. Bible. <laughs> I know. Oh, is it? Yes. Is it? Uh, yes. I don't know. Yes. Jesus said that. Yeah. So, I mean, if you really just, uh, you know, listen or read his, his, his teachings, uh, it's really, uh, and not judging and, um, I think that it's great that you're able to reach out to someone in need. Um, oh, I think comments. I'm doing I, a Jerry Springer here with the final yes, I can. thoughts. Yes, I can. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not doing. I'm not doing oh, a really? Jerry Springer, but yeah, oh. well, I know. I, I know he used to do some. You like, are not the father. Thought. Yeah, you told. You told everyone that that you know that awkward day. Oh yeah, nine months after this gig, uh, this baby came out. Well, it can't be yours because he doesn't look like you either. <laughs> oh, I didn't say I was a father. I no, that's Sorry. not what I was. That's not what I was suggesting yeah, at no, all. No, but no, but no, you said it. No, I, I was know, suggesting that you go home the from the gig stopped. and get busy. Everybody in the room. But that that's that was the suggestion there that after a gig, I you know, go home, but that's you go home all. It didn't ready to. It didn't come out that way. You said 
you know, nine months after this gig or whatever, and and everyone just stopped eating, and I was like, oh my god. Well, gosh. I thought also they just the put garden, down their forks. They were like oh. the Garden Grill kind of did that <laughs> to you. And anytime you play at the Garden Grill, you're gonna go no, home now and say, hey, come on, store's open. No, All no, right. I, I think I went home. I went home and threw up. I think because I was just feeling like so nauseous, but um. well. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't food. the Garden Grill food. The Garden oh, no, Grill food no. is amazing. They didn't feed. <laughs> Fred, we it, haven't it been back there sickness. since, by the way. But anyway, uh, oh, oh, he said, "Yo, now it's come on, Maury. Fred. Is it me? It must be me." No. Oh, Maury. Oh. Anyway, you don't want to play Maury. back there again. You don't want to play back what? there again right now. This summertime sucks there. Because everybody's outdoors and they still leave me in the lounge inside. So it's like there's nobody there. So even me and Mikey were there two weeks ago. And I thought we was... played outside. Not anymore. No, the neighbors don't let you play outside there. Oh, no. Yeah, the neighbors call the oh. cops now. So they, we have to be inside to play music. Oh, my gosh. And they have you in the lounge. And there's you know only a handful of people in the lounge. And then everybody's outside. It's not a it's a weird thing. So I, Do I don't really have like to complain about everything. I, I, I seriously yeah. people need to let up. I mean, come on. Yeah, let people just like let loose a little bit. It, and if it's it's between reasonable hours, there's no reason to call the cops. The cops can't Smith, do anything. Smithtown right? is a, yeah. Smithtown is an uppity uppity uh, area. They got their nose in the air completely. We used to play at a clam bar, which was right on the main drag. And the neighbors who had houses 2000 feet away would call the cops on us. Fucking ridiculous. <gasps> oh, my God. I, I, I was I so louder. I, I got to tell you a little story because it just reminded me of this. We played, Mikey brought me to a gig, booked a gig. We had a double. We had an afternoon gig and then an evening gig at Water Lilies after that. But the afternoon gig was at a private estate in Old Brookville. Old Brookville. Mm. Money. Ooh. So I, at two o'clock in the afternoon, I pull into the driveway and there's an ambulance in the driveway taking a body out of the house. <gasps> A dead body, uh, of course, what? not a live body. Uh, and the guy who owns the house comes walking. Hey, you must be with the band. And I looked at him and I say, uh, I, I see you got a situation here. If you want to cancel, I totally understand. I mean, I, he goes, Ah, oh, no, that's just my mother. Forget about that. Come on, let me show you the property. And he goes, What? Well, I swear to God. He goes, Ah, my, just my mother. There is no big deal. Go, let me show you the property. Here, I want to show you these tennis courts. It's beautiful, man. Check this out. And here's the pool area. And he showed me his beautiful estate. And like, and I'm like, but your mother. Ah. And so he goes, let me wow. show you where, let me show you where you guys are gonna set up. And there's this gazebo in the middle oh. of the woods, and then there's a wooded area for about three thousand feet. Not kidding, like a, only like a half a mile. Ew. And then there's a, then there's an area where he's got like a picnic set up, where the people are gonna be. But we're in a gazebo in the middle of the woods, three thousand feet away from these people. They can't even see us. What? And so we set up in this area. <laughs> you know, they just dragged their <laughs> dead body out of the place. And we set up in this gazebo area, and we're, like, in the middle of the woods. And we're playing. We don't know if anybody's listening to us or anything. We're playing the set. And I'm losing wow. my mind. I, I'm totally losing my mind. We take a break to go get lunch now. We do just take a break and don't, like, take a break. Is anybody listening to us? We go over to that area where the barbecue area is, and there's a mound that seven feet long uh, and 
and Mikey's right. He's eating a sandwich right in front of it. And I go, look, that's where they got grandpa there buried. <gasps> and Mikey, Mikey started choking. I had to Heimlich him. <laughs> and then he go, all right, let's go back to play. I said, we'll come back to play in the middle of the woods for nothing. And I just lost what? my mind. We were playing the song uh, Spooky. Well, first of all, I, I opened up <laughs> that. That'll be the day that I die. That was the first song that I played uh, for hey. grandma. <laughs> Like, oh my so gosh! I just lost my mind, and I said, "You know what? I'm going full Hendrix here." And I turned up my—I had two amps. I turned them both on ten. Had the distortion going crazy, <laughs> and I just went berserk, like playing every whammy bar in it and dive bombing. And uh, the cops came, and neighbors, what? Neighbors called the cops. Neighbors weren't for like miles away. They called the cops on it. And the cops are, got me out in the driveway now, and they're saying basically, you know, we would noise disturbance. This is like three o'clock in the afternoon. And wow. I said to the cop, I said, You guys got to be fucking kidding me. I said, He's pulling dead bodies out of the house in the middle of the day, and all <laughs> I'm doing is playing music in the middle of the woods, and you're going to arrest me? Are you out of your fucking mind? And they the wanted to are, arrest you? Yeah. No, yeah. What? We got it. I, no I think they... I got a, a $600 fine for that day. What? He hired you. The guy should have got the fine. I mean, yeah, he, I did, oh, he, I think I definitely I made him pay it eventually, but they gave it to me. And and, and the guy wasn't even around that now because he didn't even know this was going on. That's how far separated he was from it. The cops show up and drag me out of the woods. <laughs> And, but and when I said he's pulling dead bodies out of the house, all of a sudden, oh, wait, what? What? We got to open up a whole other line of questioning. <laughs> uh, Ew, that's just the creepiest gig I've ever heard. It, it, right. And then we had to go to another gig that night. And so we'll get to Water Lilies. And I opened up again with That'll Be the Day That I Die. And I started telling these stories about the whole fucking thing. But yeah, Ew. one of the strangest gigs ever. That's not in the book. That should be in the book. That should be in the book. The, the, the clitoris lady should be in the book. I can't believe she's not in the book. That's uh, my favorite. I, I don't think she, <laughs> she's widely known as the clitoris lady. <laughs> I know her as the clitoris lady. No, she's called <laughs> the, hand, the hands of light lady, the hands of healing, oh. he, healing lady. But clitoris, <laughs> I like clitoris. Know. You know, there's a reason. There's a reason. <laughs> That they put it in their little folds there. So it, when guys feel like they don't know how to do it, how to, how to satisfy a woman, it's God didn't intend it. God didn't, if God didn't intend it, he wouldn't put it all hidden in there. He would just leave it out in the open there. Like with men, it's like right out there. See? So, <laughs> said that? Well, oh I don't my know. Gosh. Anyway, I just get that... uncomfortable with all that stuff. That's not, I'd be uncomfortable. I'd leave. Right. I would leave. Especially well, looking to my left and right and seeing other ladies getting it on, I'd be—I think I'd throw up. Like, you, Craig, you got to say that in a Darth Vader voice. Matt, you are not you the are, father. You are not the father. <laughs> anyway, it, it, um, I yeah. guess we have to wrap this up. I wanted to play the music to get you out of here. That's how I would—I because I, I can't say goodbye to you without playing the music. But I want to play this one more time first. Question everything. Ooh, I have questions. You know what? You don't oh even remember God. singing harmony to that, do you? I heard. I I know. At first, I thought you gave me like some kind of alien 
you know, uh-huh. sound sound yeah. effects, but no, it's a harmony. It's it's a third above. Anyway, that's the show for today. I'm playing the music to get you out of here, and then I'm getting out of here. So bye for now. See you later. Bye tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Anyway, that's the show for today. Thanks, everybody, for all your support. Thanks for coming by. Let's all support Dean, and not just Dean, but everybody. Listen, don't take the biggest message I can I can share with you all is whenever anybody expresses a thought like that, don't take it lightly. Be there for them. Put yourself out there. Sometimes, sometimes you're going to get yourself uh, into uh, something bigger than you, something more than you feel like you can handle. But um, putting yourself out there and and paying it forward and being there for people is rewarding in a way that probably can deal with whatever scars you're carrying around. I know it helps me deal with the scars and the damage that I'm carrying around. So I appreciate everybody being here. Hope you have a great day. Thank you so much. I love you all for being here and for being uh, supportive of this. Great people. Uh, Pat yourselves on the back for being superstars. Love you all. Have a great day. And uh, I guess that's it. I'm going to say don't forget to turn on your radio right now. Don't forget to turn on your radio.
to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now.